0: Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, everybody. This is the Truth Hurts program, and I am your host, Steve Z. It's Thursday, February 11th, 2021. I'd like to send out a word of congratulations to all of our troops who have managed to stay alive. It is the one year anniversary, plus two days, since a single American combat soldier has been killed in combat in Afghanistan. Now, that's the first stretch of no Americans killed in almost. 20 years since the war started in Iraq and Afghanistan. And it is thanks to who? Donald Trump. For his policies are still in effect. You see, with Democrats and gropey, mopey, sleepy, creepy Joe Biden in the White House so laser-focused on impeachment of Donald Trump, they have not done anything substantive about our military. The programs, procedures, processes, and actions currently going on with our U.S. military are the direct result of Donald Trump's leadership as President of the United States. The last two Americans who died in battle over there were Army Sergeant First Class Javier Gutierrez and Antonio Rodriguez, and their deaths occurred on the 8th of February, so it's actually been over one year since a single American service member has died in Iraq or Afghanistan. Thank you, President Donald Trump. In fact, during his final months in office, Trump aggressively moved to reduce America's presence both in Iraq and Afghanistan. In mid-January, the U.S. troop presence was reduced to only 2,500 in both Iraq and Afghanistan for a total of only 5,000 troops. Trump also ordered the withdrawal of nearly all U.S. troops from Somalia back in December, which was also completed by mid-January. He also tried to withdraw 12,000 troops from Germany, but Biden stepped in and said, oh, no, 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 we're gonna keep our troops over in dangerous Germany. Germany's not dangerous. Trump wanted to bring our troops home. Trump wanted to use our troops along the southern border to keep murderers, rapists, child traffickers, human traffickers, drug abusers, drug dealers, cartel members, and terrorists from crossing over into the United States. A much, much better use of our fine military members to protect our own homeland than sending them over to die in some seemingly never-ending war in Iraq and Afghanistan. But Trump was also responsible for some very historic Peace broker deals over in the Middle East, something that other presidents, including Joe Biden, Barack Hussein Obama, George W. Bush, William Jefferson Clinton, George H.W. Bush, Jimmy Carter, and others, have been unable to achieve during their time at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I'm telling you folks, They're focusing on trying to destroy Donald Trump. And yet, day after day, we are seeing signs that Donald Trump was a far better president than his predecessor. And, time will prove, with the buyer's remorse going on now surrounding gropey Joe Biden, Trump was a far better president than mopey, dopey, little girl gropey Joe Biden will ever be. They say fit happens, and fit matters when it comes to your mask protecting you against the wonderful virus, the Wuhan China, novel coronavirus of 2019, 2020, and 2021. Better known as the Kung Flu, the Kung Fu Wuhan Flu, the China virus, or the never popular COVID-19. Fit matters, according to the CDC, when it comes to your mask protecting you against the Rona. And layering a well-fitting cloth mask over a polypropylene surgical mask, fitting tightly against your face, they claim, is now likely to prove beneficial. This, according to new findings released on Wednesday, by the wonderful people at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention better known as the CDC. Research suggests now that when a person double masks, wearing a polypropylene surgical mask with a cloth mask on top, and the people around them do the same thing, the risk of transmitting the virus falls more than 95%. Yes, they're talking about flattening the curve. Researchers who used two mannequin-like forms to test exposure found a similar benefit with simply tightening the single surgical mask around the ears to improve their fit. Using a hack known as the knot and tuck process, researchers ensured the surgical mask fit more closely around the face with less gaps. The benefit of this process, however, fell to 80% if only one person wore the double mask and to 60% if only one person knotted a surgical mask singularly for a tighter fit. Well, if two for me and two for you works better, why not three and three or four and four? Hmm... Hey Daddy, thanks for taking me to the auction. I ain't never been to a sheeple auction before. How does it work? Well, son, today they're trying to run up the bid for the number of masks people need to wear against that coronavirus. What do you mean, Daddy? Well, first, son, they said we didn't have to wear a mask at all. That was the experts at the CDC and Dr. Fauci. You mean that crazy guy that gets on there and screams at people? Yes, son, that guy. And then he said, we only need to wear one mask. If everybody wears a mask, things will get better. I remember that, Daddy, and everybody was wearing a mask. And then last week they said, no, one mask isn't enough. So they raised the bid to two. And now everybody's supposed to wear two masks. Oh, 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 son, they're getting ready to start the bidding. You need, you need a mask, you need a mask, you need a mask, you need a mask. You got one now, you got two, you got one now, you got two, you got one now, you got two, you got two, you got two, you got two. I got a bid for two, looking for three, I got a bid for two, looking for three, I got a bid for two, looking for three. Three, I got three looking for four, three, looking for four, got a bit of three, looking for four, looking for four masks, looking for four masks, four masks down in the front, four masks down in the front. I got four, I got four, how about a bit of five? How about a bit of five? How about a bit of five? Looking for a bit of five, bit of five, five masks, I got five masks, five masks, five masks, five masks. Looking, for looking for six, looking for six, looking for six, I got five, looking for six, got one six, six! six. Sold! Sold to the sheeple in the front row! Six masks for everybody! Wow, Daddy, that sure was exciting. What are they going to be bidding on next? I don't know, son, but I bet it has something to do with school and teachers' unions. (laughs) Brought to you by Dr. Anthony Fauci and the CDC, in affiliation with the Gropey Joe Biden administration. Wear those masks. Steve Z of the Truth Hurts Program. The pushback against mopey-dopey-gropey Joe Biden has begun in earnest in South Dakota. A state representative in South Dakota has drafted a bill that, if it is passed, would essentially allow the state to just go ahead and ignore any executive order that Joe Biden issues that it deems unconstitutional. According to KELO Television, South Dakota State Republican House of Representatives member Aaron Aylward has introduced House Bill 1194. This bill would give the state's attorney general and the governor a cooperative review process for any presidential fiats that have not been approved by the United States Congress. In an interview with KELO, Aylward explained why he drafted the bill, and he had plenty of blame to assign with regard to why he feels this way, such as, should an additional check on the power of federal government be due? One such target, of course, is Congress. This is not just a President Biden issue, he said, but rather an overall executive overreach issue that we've been experiencing for a long time. The U.S. Congress has abdicated their duty for a long time in different areas. This bill is simply setting up a process to nullify acts that would otherwise be unconstitutional. He added... When looking at the U.S. Constitution, the president only has the powers that are laid out in Article 2. And he's right. If the bill passes, all presidential executive orders would be null and void in South Dakota until they've been approved by a so-called executive board, which would include the state's attorney general's office and the governor. The bill outlines specific types of orders, which the state representative said could endanger individual liberties in his state. Remember, we are the United States of america states rights first federal rights second for example he says any white house edicts relating to pandemics or other public health emergencies would need state approval before being implemented additionally orders in relation to regulation of natural resources or the agricultural industry or the use of land would not simply automatically apply to people in south dakota according to this bill if passed any executive orders related to gun rights would also need state-level review, as would any orders regulating the financial sector. H.B. 1194 states that executive orders, like the dozens that have been issued by Biden in the last three weeks, would need extensive oversight. The bill reads, quote, Upon review, the executive board may recommend to the attorney general and the governor that the order be further examined by the attorney general to determine the constitutionality of the order, and to determine whether the state should seek an exemption from the application of the order or seek to have the order declared to be an unconstitutional exercise of legislative authority by the president. It continues, notwithstanding any other law, no state agency, political subdivision, or any elected or appointed official or employee of the state or of a political subdivision may implement an executive order that restricts a person's rights or that is determined by the Attorney General to be unconstitutional under the section if the order relates to the above-mentioned types of orders which could encroach on individual liberty. This bill in South Dakota is not unlike one being debated in the Missouri state legislature. In the Missouri bill, law enforcement officers would be barred from using federal gun laws or presidential executive orders as justification for confiscating firearms from citizens. Back to South Dakota, the primary aim of this bill would be the potential mask mandate that Biden is thinking about putting into place. South Dakota is one of the few states that has refused mask and business closure mandates, thanks in part to GOP Governor Kristi Noem. The majority of the GOP state legislature apparently wishes to ensure that any such mandates are kept in the hands of those whose lives they would directly affect. A quick civics lesson for you. The Tenth Amendment to the United States Constitution states that powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution or prohibited by it are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. This return to federalism that's on the rise in the face of what appears to be an overreaching and oppressive big government now that Democrats have both chambers of Congress as well as the White House, is reason enough for bills such as the ones I just mentioned to you to be brought to the fore. It could encourage a majority party in Washington to either get to work or get out of the way. Since January 20th, two states now have taken a proactive approach with regard to exploring avenues to guarantee their state's citizens or not being held hostage by the Democrats and their radical anti-gun, anti-business, anti-American agenda. And this is not just a Republican measure. The South Dakota bill would apply as a safeguard to protecting the rights of all citizens under future administrations, both Republican and Democrat. Remember, the federal government, including the legislative and executive branches, have arguably expanded their powers far, far beyond the reach envisioned by our nation's founding fathers. And now that Biden is leading the country through what so far has been a never-ending series of executive orders and fiats, at least two states have the balls to challenge that overarching dictatorial power. One of the states would go as far as to consider all presidential executive actions null and void, unless and until they are approved at the state level. Remember, the Tenth Amendment offers states an opportunity to wrestle some power back from Washington, D.C. But before that can be accomplished, voters in that state must ensure they are represented locally by people who have their best interests at heart. Congratulations. I hope your bill goes through, and I hope it's passed in the Senate and signed by your governor. Somebody needs to put a bridle on Gropey Joe. And hopefully, if other states see this as successful, they will begin to do the same thing. We'll be right back. Steve Z of the Truth Hurts Program. Now those of you who listen to the Truth Hurts Program and those of you with whom I have had conversations about politics and public opinion and religion and other issues, you know that I don't really give a rat's narrow, furry, tight little ass about most actors or actresses. To me, they are performing monkeys, they are clowns there for my entertainment. I feel much the same way about athletes and about so-called artists. Sorry, What the hell are you actually producing? All right then. Anyhow, I do wanna switch gears and kinda come to the defense of an actress who really doesn't need anyone to come to her defense whatsoever. If you've ever watched The Mandalorian, the Fast and Furious franchise, or Deadpool, or if you've ever watched MMA, mixed martial arts, you know the name Gina Carano. It should be quite obvious. Gina Joy Carano is an American actress, a television personality, a fitness model, and a former MMA artist, and she began training in Muay Thai before transitioning to competitive MMA, where she competed in Strike Force and Elite XC. She was once featured in ESPN, The Magazine, as well as Maxim. She is a 38-year-old Texas native. She's about 5'8", 143 pounds of solid muscle. And if you've ever seen her in Deadpool or The Fast and Furious or The Mandalorian, you know that she is more action star than she is actual actress-artist. But I'm not here to talk about her history and her personality. I am here to talk about the cancel culture in American media, American cinema, and the left. Gina Carano was fired by Lucasfilm, the people who make the entire Star Wars franchise universe come to life on the big screen and on the small screen. Miss Carano was fired by Lucasfilm and they issued a statement saying she no longer works for us and she will no longer work for us in the future either. The actress, an ex-MMA fighter, who is a vocal Donald Trump supporter, shared a post on Instagram that compared being a Republican in today's world to the experience of Jewish people during the Holocaust. This is a reference that is often made by Democrats on the far left, and they're never fired, terminated, or canceled for it. Anyway, her comment led to her being terminated from her role on the Disney Plus Star Wars series, The Mandalorian, late Wednesday night. The folks at Disney own the Star Wars universe, and they said, quote, Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm, and there are no plans for her to be in the future. A Lucasfilm spokesperson said in a statement per The Hollywood Reporter. The statement continued. Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable, unquote. The sequence of events has seen a huge reaction on both ends of the political spectrums, both with hashtags, fire Gina Carano and cancel Disney+, both widely circulating on the twatter sphere. Many conservatives and moderates are defending Ms. Carano for sharing her views and calling for others to cancel their Disney Plus subscriptions. You I mean you actually have to pay to see crappy Disney films? <laughs> I hijacked mine. <laughs> I'll never admit that though. Of course, not officially. Many conservative voices are defending Carano for sharing her views and calling for people to cancel their Disney Plus subscriptions conservative media personality Mike Cernovich showed his support in condemnation of the cancel culture and he tweeted The blacklisting of Gina Carano is proof that the left views anyone who dissents as people who must be destroyed They hate you. Don't live in denial or pretend otherwise Stop trying to be friends or debate them They want you in gulags Get your minds in the effing game Unquote Tim Young has also called on his followers to cancel their Disney Plus subscriptions. He said, I don't usually get in on these things, but hashtag cancel Disney Plus. Disney's okay with human rights abuses in China, but not free speech that offends leftists in America. In another tweet, he added, If you question the left's narrative, they'll label you multiple ists and try to cancel you. This game is getting very Old. On the flip side, someone whom I've never heard of, so he can't be that good, a so-called comedian named Joseph Scrimshaw said, If you're not caught up on this story, Gina Carano mocked people's preferred pronouns, mocked safety measures during a pandemic, and compared being criticized to the Holocaust. She made the choice to say these things. Lucasfilm made the choice not to work with her anymore. Well, I guess this clown, Scrimshaw, and I can call him a clown because allegedly he is paid to have people laugh at him. I guess this clown was singing a different tune when idiots like AOC and other Democrats were comparing Trump to Hitler and Trump's supporters to Nazis and other nasty, vile references to Jews' treatments by the Germans during World War II. Double standard much? At two, little Joe Scrimshaw, you have been canceled. The situation, by the way, with Miss Carano has also seen her talent agency, United Talent Agency, dropping Miss Carano as a client. Such a shame. The cancel culture and the double standard is alive and kicking. Oh my gosh. I'm just lucky I'm not famous. He <laughs> Someone might try to cancel me. Walt Disney himself is probably turning over in his grave with disgust at this very moment. We'll be right back. Steve Z of the Truth Hurts Program. The most irrelevant woman in America and one of the most hated, if you consider her at the top there with Nancy Pelosi, Alexandria Horseface Cortez, Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, and other vile, leftist, liberal, communist, socialist people. Hillary Clinton is who I'm talking about. She said on Wednesday that there's only one reason former President Donald Trump will be acquitted in his impeachment trial, and that is because his co-conspirators are members of the Senate jury. This clown, Hillary Rotten Clinton, said, quote, if Senate Republicans fail to convict Donald Trump, it won't be because the facts were with him or his lawyers mounted a competent defense. It will be because the jury includes his co-conspirators. She said this in Twitter, February 10th at 9.27 a.m. Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley are among the Senate Republicans who helped stoke anger in the weeks that led up to the Capitol riot, according to Yahoo! And according to the Huffington Post, Clinton's post came on the second day of Trump's second impeachment trial, during which Democrats shared previously unseen security footage of police directing turncoat Senator Romney away from a violent mob and showed rioters breaking windows and supposedly searching for Mike Pence. Sure they were. From what I understand and from what I saw, your edited footage was grossly, grossly out of context. But Hillary Clinton, a person who is irrelevant, a person who should, like any old ugly dog, just go on out into a field somewhere and die, has an opinion. And apparently that opinion was worthy enough for them to publish it in the news. I personally don't give a rat's ass about Hillary Rotten Clinton. You and I all know that Donald Trump did not incite the riot. And in the next few days, the United States Senate will acquit him again, just like they did in the first sham, fake, phony, false, impeachment trial. I sincerely hope that Trump's attorneys have all of the evidence that I've presented on this program and many other conservative commentators have mentioned on their programs, showing the direct evidence to FBI, to Capitol Police, to DC Metro Police and other law enforcement agencies that prove Donald Trump's speech did not incite the riot. That prove that some of the violent actors, whom I condemn, had planned and plotted this days or even weeks in advance. That pipe bombs were not placed while Trump gave his speech to so-called incite a riot, but were planted a day or so before. And to show that people who have been videotaped committing the acts of violence at the Capitol are some of them at least, far-left radicals, BLM, Antifa, NFAC, supporters. I sincerely hope the attorneys have done their homework. I hope that they have done their research. I hope that they have a qualified team ready to put video evidence together in a similar format to the Hollywood production presented by the left the Democrats, the Socialists, those who have sought for four years to condemn Donald Trump. Kind of reminds me of a scene out of the movie A Few Good Men where Jack Nicholson played the part of Colonel Nathan R. Jessup and said, Now are these the questions I was called here to answer? Phone calls and footlockers? Please tell me you have something more, Lieutenant. These two men are on trial for their lives. Please tell me their lawyer hasn't pinned their hopes to a phone bill. Is this what I was called here for? Phone calls and footlockers? Gee, thanks, Danny. I really love Washington. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program does not own the rights to A Few Good Men or its soundtrack. The portrayal just played for you was meant as a comedy parody. A Few Good Men is owned by Columbia Pictures. We give credit where credit is due. Steve Z in the Truth Hurts Program. All righty, got all that legalese out of the way. I hope you have lots of popcorn and you're tuning in today to the impeachment sham, the scandal, the fakery, the mockery of justice, the unconstitutional trial of a former president, On charges that he did something that he didn't really do. But the good news is tomorrow, and for the two days including tomorrow and Monday I guess, the Republicans will have a chance and hopefully their attorneys will get their crap together. It is likely a foregone conclusion that Trump will be acquitted and that will likely spark more violence on the left. Get the popcorn ready, kids. That's going to do it for this edition of the Truth Hurts Program for your 11th day of February 2021. Go out there and make it a great day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. If you don't like what you hear, just stop listening. This program is protected free speech under the First Amendment to the US Constitution. If our opinion or content offends you, we apologize, but we retract nothing. We do not own the rights to any pre-recorded audio presented during this episode. Those rights remain the intellectual property of the originators. This program is copyright 2021 The Truth Hurts Network. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was produced in cooperation with Studio 63 and Steve Knight Productions. We'll see you next time.